Hey, it's Fabian here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. John 4.24, if you guys brought your Bibles, I, I should have reminded you all to bring your Bibles, but if you don't, you got your phones. Um, and then I encourage you guys to take notes if you can, um, because you don't want to forget um, what's going to be spoken to you today, amen? John 4.24, John 4.24 declares that God is a spirit. Now, if we believe in Jesus Christ, then it's very important to believe and be persuaded. But every word that Jesus speaks, that every word out of this Bible, we ought to be very persuaded by every word that comes out of Jesus' mouth, out of this word. And if anybody knows the, the, the true reality, of the spiritual realm, it is Jesus Christ. He was there from the very beginning, and he's here now. He was a part of the plan of God from the very beginning. Um, he came into the world in fruition of, uh, of, of, of body, and um, he knows, you know, the truth. And so he has declared and exposed that God is a spirit, and um, he's not only a spirit. Colossians 1.15 calls God the invisible God. 1 Timothy 1.7 Paul praises God, saying to the king of ages, the immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. God is not only immortal, but is an invisible spirit. Uh, Joshua 3.10 speaks of God in this way, declaring, you know that the living God is among you. And then in David, David even declares that my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. So even though God is a spirit, um, he's also a living spirit, praise God. And um, he's also a personal being and we can know him personally. God is a personal being and we can know him personally. The writers base their um, relationship and experience with God, declaring God to be many, many things. And we could take the, the, full of the, the rest of this weekend um, coming to um, a knowledge of all the things God is. Um, but we don't have time for that today. So we're just going to focus in on the fact that God is a spirit, that he is a living being, that he is immortal and invisible. God is a spirit. Now, let's talk about angels just for a moment, okay? Before God created humans with a body, he already created the spiritual realm with angels. And Ezekiel's declare this. He says this in Ezekiel 1, 5 through 9. And this was their appearance, talking about angels. They had human likeness. The angels prior to the creation of mankind actually had a purpose. Now we're talking about the spiritual realm that in the spiritual realm, they, these angels had human likeness. And if you actually read it, it talks about the angels having some of them having two and three heads and different things of that nature, but they had a body, they had human likeness. So the angels prior to creation of mankind actually had um, uh, a purpose. And uh, the Bible declares that their purpose, of course, in Revelations 5, 11 through 14, 
purpose was to um, be around his throne and worship the Lord God, uh, calling him holy and mighty and things of that nature. But in Hebrews 1.14, it says that ministering spirits are sent, angels are sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So what does that mean? Those who receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are the ones that angels, ministering spirits, are there to minister to us. How many of us believe in Jesus Christ, right? So God created the angels, the ministering spirits, to minister to us in every circumstance, in every situation. The ministering spirits, angels, are around about us constantly, all right? That's their job, and that's why God created them. Now, the angels, um, as we know, they existed prior to the Garden of Eden. We know that because Satan, who was formerly uh, an angel created by God, his name was Lucifer, was present in the garden in his fallen state. Satan was the snake. There was a lot that happened. And let's talk about Satan for a quick minute. So we have angels. We have God as a spirit. We have angels that are spirits, and then now we have Satan. Let's talk about Satan. Revelations 12, 7 through 10. Revelations 12, 7 through 10 says this. Then war broke out. Now, this is before God made Adam and Eve. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the world astray. He was hurled into the earth and his angels with him. All right, so he along with the other angels that were in rebellion were spirits with human likeness who lost their human likeness and their spirits were kicked out of heaven and they became Satan's evil spirits on earth. Now, ultimately, they had no control. They had no power until Adam and Eve rebelled against God and gave over the power and authority God gave them to Satan, all right? So Ephesians 2.2 calls Satan the prince of air who has power. Uh, the spirit who is in the hearts, it says this, the spirit who is in the hearts at those who um, are in disobedience to God. So Satan, the prince of air, if you are in disobedience to God, it's saying here that the prince of air is within your hearts, okay? So prince of air means controller of this atmosphere, this world, all right? So real quick, we got God is a spirit, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We have the angels God created for us, good angels to be ministering spirits. They're actually around the throne right now, worshiping God, calling him holy, holy, holy. And we also have Satan and his fallen angels, his cohorts, the Satans on this earth, okay? We got a lot of spiritual activity happening right now as we speak. So Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons. Listen up. We're not fighting against people, flesh and blood, each other, but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty and satanic beings and great evil princes of the dark who rule 
this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in this world, the spirit world. So listen, man, the Bible is the truth and it is revealing to us today that there is the spiritual realm. It is invisible. It is a very alive and there is spiritual movement happening that you cannot see right now in this room. I'm not here to spook you out. I'm not trying to, you know, scare you or whatever the case may be. But there's a lot of spiritual activity happening that you cannot see. And the Bible is declaring it. The Bible is telling you this today. And there's a reason why God is sharing this with you today, because he wants you to open up your eyes, not to, just to this natural world, this natural body that we have, the natural things that you are partaking of, but he wants you to open up your eyes and your hearts and your minds to the reality of the spiritual realm so that you are able to fight the world, these evil spirits out here, and the spirit that God has given you. So we have God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, and ministering spirits. We have Satan and the falling angels who are spirits. Satan and his team of spirits are not at war with God. They've already lost the war. They've already lost the war with God, all right? It's, it's a done deal. Satan knows that he and his spirits don't stand a chance at overtaking the kingdom of God. But there's a big but. There's a big old but. A big but. He has a chance. Satan has a chance of destroying God's creation of humanity, of humankind. That's you and I. And it's only if we let him. Let's talk about you and I for a moment. Let's talk about this natural body, this natural world that we live in. John 4, 24. Again, Jesus makes a very... uh, big connection. He makes a connection between being between God being a spirit and we who worship him, communicate, spend time with him, that we must do it in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. Jesus makes this connection between God being a spirit and we who worship him, we who communicate with him, we who spend time with him must do it in spirit in spirit, in spirit, and in truth. All right, let's watch Beth. Oh, did she kill it? Okay. All right, now eyes back up here. Focus up here. All right, now I have to say it again. I feel like pastors, you know, sometimes when we're not listening in our meetings, he has to repeat things and start things over. And so I'm going to do that right now. John 4, 24. Jesus makes the connection that God being a spirit And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit and people must worship him accurately in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. What did Jesus mean when he said we must worship him in spirit? We're talking about us. Genesis 1, 25 through 28. I'm reading the message version. Genesis 1, 25 through 28, it says, God spoke, earth generate life, every sort and kind, cattle and reptiles, wild animals, all kinds, 
And there it was, wild animals of every kind, cattle of every kind, every sort of reptile and bug that just got killed. God saw it, and he said that bug was good, but we just killed it. All right, verse 26 to 28, God spoke and said, let us, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. All right, so now God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all spiritual said, let us make man in our image. And then what did he do? He went and created a body. Okay, so he went and created a body. God didn't have a body because he's a spirit. So obviously when he created man in their image, in the spirit, in the image, he couldn't have been talking about a body. You know, we only, when we think of images, we only, we think about what's the natural all the time. We think about the natural. We look at images all day long. We look at videos all day long on our Instagram and on our Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat and Reel and all the different things. We're looking at physical things, but God created humankind in his likeness. So he wasn't talking about a body. Obviously, he was talking about a spiritual image. Genesis 2, 1 through 7, it says, this is a summation, it says, Now at last the heavens and the earth were successfully completed with all that they contained. So on the seventh day, having finished his task, God ceased from his work, and he had been doing, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he ceased this work of creation. So here's a summary of the events and the creation of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made them. Verse 5, it says this, There were no plants or grain sprouting up across the earth, for the Lord God had sent and rain, sent rain, any rain. For the Lord God has not sent any rain, nor was there any form or soil. However, water welled up like the mist over the ground, over certain places, and flowed across the land. Verse 7, And the time came when the Lord God formed man's body from the dust of the ground, and breathed into it the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Man became an actual person. So we can picture it like this, that there was a body God created, like clay created the body and everything on the inside of it, and it just laid there. It just laid there. The body was just dirt that he formed, and it laid there until, it says here, he breathed life into the body, and it became a soul, a human being. Okay? Are you following me? All right. So God leaned over to him, breathed his own breath into the man's nostril. God is the source of life, and he directly placed life in this body. So what is the breath of God? Well, 
as we can see, obviously, the breath of God is the life and the power of God. Pause. Nudge your neighbors. Nudge your neighbors. All right. Wake on up. Wake on up. Okay. Back to me. Back to me. Back to me. Back to me. All eyes on me. All right. So, you know, we got to do this sometimes. I get it. Everybody, you know, I understand. So what is the breath of life? It is life, the power of God. Now, the writers in the Bible, stick with me, wrote Greek in the Old Testament and Hebrew in the New Testament, okay? We write in English, all right? And so the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew word for spirit is rurah, which means wind, breath, air, spirit. Spirit, spirit. So Genesis 2-7 tells us, that man became a living soul. The word soul here in Hebrew is nefesh, meaning an animated, breathing, conscious, and living being. Man did not become a living soul until God breathed life, breathed spirit, breathed spirit into him. The life of God lives on and on and on. Spirit lives on and on and on. That part of us, the spirit, lives on and on and on. When your body decay and gets old, eventually it goes back to where it came from, into the ground. But your spirit that God gave you, that breathed into you, will live on and on and on in a designated place. Right now, we get to our spirits are alive, and it's on earth. But at some point, when our bodies decay, how many of us have grandmothers, grandfathers? Yeah, oh, you know, you can see physically one day you'll be there. If you don't die early, one day you will be there, and your body will decay, and you're going to start getting wrinkles and you won't be able to do things that you normally do. You won't be able to go up and down the stairs. I saw Jarrell over here having a hard time on his knees. Something's happening. He's getting old. His body is decaying. No, when you get older, your body just decay, guys. And at some point, things are just going to get harder. Well, your body's going to go back in the ground. But your spirit, your spirit will live forever. And it's going somewhere. Either it's going to go to heaven or it's going to be down in hell, all right? But it's going somewhere. You are a spiritual being. So we're more than just dust, dust, or physical substance. We're more than just this body and this flesh that we live in. We're more than just our thoughts and our minds. We are alive because we have the DNA of God. Guys, we are alive right now because we have the literal D and A of God, of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God. His spirit is in us. And because we are spirit, we are going to live forever and ever and ever. And it's up to you based upon the actions that you make on this earth, with your body, that determines where your spirit is going to last, end up at. Whether it's in heaven or in hell, God gave you that choice 
He gave you the power to choose. So God is a spirit breathing to us. Okay, well, we didn't go through the same formation that God used when he created Adam. It, God is so smart. He's so amazing. In the beginning, he's so like the way, it's just amazing how he does things. So in the beginning, he created Adam, formed his body, breathed life into the body of Adam, created Eve, and then gave them the charge to fill the earth. At the very moment of conception, the breath of God, the life of God, is breathed on the inside of you. Are you listening to me? I know many of you guys want to be woke. And you want to, you know, be, you know, agree with what else everybody is doing and saying out in this world. But you have the truth right here. So don't overlook the truth that at the moment of conception, God's breath, his spirit, his DNA is given life. And that's why you're here today. So we have God being a spirit. We have angels that are spirits that look like humans, meaning if our eyes could actually see in the spiritual realm, we'd see lots of spiritual activity happening. And then we have us. We're really unique because we have body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a soul. Say it again. I'm a spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a soul. One more time. I am a spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a soul. So we are made up of three parts. The Bible declares it. Body, God formed it first. Soul, making you a living being. And spirit, God's breath, spirit into us. Okay, so let's talk about these three things real quick. The body, the flesh, it comes from the earth, as we've already said, and must be sustained by the things of the earth. So we eat things of the earth. We sustain it. Right? We keep it and it's sustained by things of the earth. The body is what we actually get to see. The body is what we actually get to see. Your body is just a vehicle on this earth. It's our earth suit. It's the only way to experience this natural realm, right? It's our connection with this world. It's how you and I connect with each other. It's how you connect with your friends by the physical, the eyes and the ears, this body that we have, it's the only, it's the natural. It's very, very natural. What's, also, what's crazy too is when we speak and, you know, we see and we hear um, God created us this way. He gave us this body, but he also gave us this body to control, all right? There's a reason why we get to have this experience on earth. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, it says this, haven't you yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit God gave you and that he lives within you. Your own body, guys, listen up. Your own body does not belong to you for God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God. 
because he owns it. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Jesus made, he's already paid the price for you. Your body is not your own. And it's very important for you to understand that and accept that fact so that you can stop treating your body and giving your body all of these sinful things that's causing it to decay early that will cause you to not fully fulfill the plan of God for your life. Because the Bible says that God has a plan for each and every last one of us in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he already has a plan for you. Don't get your flesh, don't let your flesh get in the way of God's plan, prolonging his purpose and his plan. Are you with me this morning? So use every part of your body to give it back, give glory back to God because he owns it. Your body consists of many aspects, right? And two of the most important aspects, I believe, of our body, you know, that we deal with that causes us so much trouble a lot is our eyes and our ears. Matthew 6, through 23 says this, that the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, if your eyes are looking at unhealthy things, if your eyes are, you know, seeking things that's not like God, your whole body will be full of darkness. This is the Bible. I know you probably think, man, I can't have fun. Yes, you can. If you just truly submit to the Lord God, you will find God will show you where the fun truly really is. All right. And so it says here, if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, the light, if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Romans 12, 1 through 2. We're just going through the word of God this morning, right? We're just exposing the truth this morning. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, And so, dear brothers, I plead with you. Paul is saying, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, to give your bodies to God. God created you, created this body. He gave you this body. And now it's up to you to give it back to God, right? Okay, so yeah, he purchased it. Sometimes we, create, you know, we buy things and it doesn't work the way that we want it to work. Although I purchased it, it's not working the way that you know, I want it to work. All right, you create, you've been purchased with it. Are you working the way that God has created you to work? It says, give your bodies back to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, and the kind that he can accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is, is it too much to ask? But then it goes on to say this, because this is where we get into, you know, some issues with our bodies. So don't copy. You guys have heard this. We preach it. You guys, we, we, we see this on a consistent basis. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think, and all you do and think, and all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. I love when Paul says, then you will learn how his ways will truly satisfy you. Like an athlete, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Paul says this, like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants. All right, so this body that God gave us sometimes, if we don't control it, it will do what it wants. 
and you feel like you have no control. It will just do what it wants. The Bible is telling us this. So what we have to do is we have to get control over our bodies and train it. And how do we train it? You know, um, I, went, I have a little gym, a shed gym. It's a shed, and I put my, little, my, my stuff in it that I work out in with it. And um, I, I'm trying to, you know, build my chest up a little bit and, um, you know, have some nice pecs, you know, whatever you call it, whatever. I don't know. Um, and so I was on YouTube. I have this guy that I follow, and he was giving us, giving us, he was giving me, um, well, anybody who's watching, but me personally, I was watching. He was giving me some techniques on how to build the chest, you know, specifically zone in on the chest. I showed Matthew this video the other day, and um, I, I did it, you know, I did it. I got in the gym, guys. Thank you. Yes, I got in the gym. Yes, 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 yes. Got to build the chest. Hallelujah. And so I was doing these exercises, and it was telling me, he was telling me to do a certain kind of things to focus in. He said, use your mind and, and, and focus in on the area of the chest that you want to build. I had never heard someone say that before, to use your mind to focus in on the areas that you want to build. And there are certain things that you have to do in order to, uh, to build those things, but it's, it's with your mind as well. And so there's this thing called, it looks like seven, but it's Sven or something like that, where you get two plates, um, no matter how you can do, uh, 5, 10, 15, whatever, and you put them in like this, and you uh, hold it in, and then you go in. But when you go in, you go out like this, it's, you got to focus in on the area of the chest that, you, that it's supposed to build. He's shaking his head because I'm telling the truth, right? Well, the guy's telling the truth. I'm just repeating what I heard and what I did. And so you build it in, and I did that because what's happening is as I'm focusing on that area, I'm activating that portion of my chest to get ready to do the actual other things that I need to do. Am I laying down on the, the bench press and I got my weights here and then I'm bringing them up or whatever? So um, my chest is now then activated first before I actually put in the work. Man, after that, I felt like I just punished my body. Now, I don't know if Paul actually did exercises or not. I don't know what they did. That's kind of wild to think about. They did, you know, obviously they had races and things of that nature. But it says here, like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, not cutting yourselves, not beating yourselves up and punching yourselves. We're not talking about that. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about this in a healthy way that's going to build your body. He says, I punish I'm treating it roughly, training it to do what it should do not what it wants. The body tends to do what it wants sometimes, but that's where self-control kicks in. That's when we have to take control over our body. And the best way to take control over our bodies is by communicating with our mind, not just letting our bodies do whatever it wants to do, but then communicating. Think about it, and communicating with our body, saying, no, I am over you, body, and you're not going to cause me to do what you want what, to do what you want me to do. It's just not going to happen. So then that means you do certain things to get away from what the body wants you to do. Are you with me this morning? All right. So then we have the soul, body and the soul. The soul can go either way. The soul can be affected by your flesh, your body, or by your spirit, right? And so the soul has three parts as well. So we are made of body, soul, and spirit, but then the soul has three parts. The soul has the mind and our emotions and our will. The mind is what? The thinker. It's what we think with. 
our emotions. Man, we can be so emotional sometimes. It's our feelings, right? Our emotions are greatly, greatly impacts what we do on a daily basis. So we can think it, and then we have our emotions, right? And then we have our will. The will is the doer. When your will, when you have the will to do something, man, you let nothing get in the way and you do it. So you have your mind, your emotions, and your will. Your emotions and feelings is what we create, is what creates your will. That's very important for you guys to understand. Your emotions and your feelings is what creates your will. It's what creates what you will do every single day. That's why you have to keep your emotions in check. Every day when you're feeling, you're just letting your emotions take control. You have to keep it in check. God gave you this body. He created you for you to keep these things in check. Your mind tells your emotions what to do and then, which then creates the will. We're in touch with it constantly on a daily basis with our body and with our mind, our will and emotions every single day. But the spirit is what makes the difference. Because we've got it backwards. And the world has gotten, has communicated to us, you know, that things should work out, the things should be a certain way. Well, the Bible is going to reveal to us today that it works a total different way. The way that he commanded or wants it to work, he created us to work. It's actually not to um, allow our bodies to tell us what it really wants, what it is. It's not for our soul to our mind, will, and emotions to, you know, uh, back up what the body is feeling. The way that God actually had this thing set up is our spirits is supposed to tell our mind what to do, our soul what to do. The soul is the realm of decision, mind, will, and emotions. And this is the ground, this is ground where free will is actually exercised. This is where free will, we have free will. We have free will. It says here again, Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the mind again, guys? Say it again. What's the soul? Mind, will, and emotions. I like what you're doing. Mind, will, what else you got? You said mind, will. Okay, mind, will, and emotions. So it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Matthew 22, 37 says this. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Guys, I know that we just had an awesome little worship moment. I had a little sweat rag. I don't know what happened to it. I'm sweating. What? I need a rag. Anyway, um, again, um, Matthew 22, 37, um, verse 37, love the Lord with your mind, your heart, your soul. With your heart, your soul, and your mind. And I want you to understand this. I want you to get this. That it is with your soul your mind, will, and emotions. It's with your soul that we love God, that we serve God, and submit to God. It starts there. But the Spirit 
We're going to get to the spirit in a moment. Your soul, the mind, will, and emotions, as we already stated, is what affects us on a daily basis. But it is your spirit that should be telling your soul what to do. It's your spirit that's supposed to tell your soul what to do. See, we've gotten to a place, guys, we don't even recognize our spirit. Did you even know that you were a spirit? We don't even recognize our spirit. So what we got is a bunch of people who are not in tune with the spirit that are just total things, babe, that are that's totally just fleshly. You're acting fleshly. We're just going with what our body tells us what to do. We let our mind tell us we're not even recognizing the spirit that God gave us. I know you may have heard it before. You know, you might hear it being preached, you know, on Sunday or Wednesday, you know, walk in the spirit and all the things of that nature. And you might believe, I mean, do you really know what that's talking about? Where today we're exposing that. I want you guys to leave out of here understanding that you're not just a body and a dust. You know, you're just not just your emotions and your will, but you actually have a spirit. And it's the spirit, your spirit connect, your spirit that God gave you, connecting with God, the spiritual realm that's supposed to tell your, your soul and your body what to do. Not the opposite way, not the body telling everything else what to do. The Spirit tells us what to do. The Spirit, our Spirit, God's DNA. And the Spirit comes from God, as we've said. I want you guys to understand that when we communicate with the Lord, was doing just a little bit ago, our Spirit's connecting with God, our Spirit comes from God, and it must be the only way that the spirit sustained. We talked about the body being sustained. Our mind is just going crazy. It's not really sustained by anything but our bodies, which is backwards. But the spirit comes for God, and the only way that it is sustained is from intimacy with God, spending time. With God. That's why it said, John, uh, Jesus said you, that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. We must have relationship with him in spirit and in truth because that is what sustains us. It's the intimacy with God, it's the relationship with God. It's what brings the spirit within us alive. Understand that you can't touch. You can't feel your spirit. And we're so touchy and feely, everything that we can see in the natural. Well, God created this whole thing. This is why faith is so important. The spiritual realm, we can't see it. But we know that it's real. So no, you can't touch the spiritual realm. You can't touch your spirit. But the spirit can't, and the spirit can't be accessed in a natural way. The spirit within us is how we communicate with God and how God communicates with us. And it's the spirit that's a part of us where the life and the power of God flows through. We're going to talk about the spirit for a moment. We're going to do this one more time. Nudge your neighbors. Wake up. 
Wake on up. Nudge them again. All right, back to us. Again, the Spirit is how we communicate with God and how God communicates with us. And the Spirit, the part of us where the life and power of God flows through. James 2.26 says that the body is dead without the Spirit. We already know that. We covered that. James is just clarifying the truth. That the body is dead without the Spirit that God gave us. The life-giving part of human beings is the Spirit. And we must understand that the spiritual realm and the only way to discern spiritual truth is through the Bible. It's through the Bible. God is who gave you your spirit. So you must go to God to understand your spirit. You don't go to TikTok to tell you how to manifest stuff. That's you manifesting, you're manifesting a devil, the evil spirits that we talked about. So you got to be careful what you're manifesting. You got to be careful what you're manifesting, man. There's some evil spirits out there trying to attach themselves to you, and you're the only one that can let it in. And you think you're manifesting something. No, the same way that God, uh, you know, Jesus was on the mountain and Satan took Jesus up there and then, you know, and he said, if you do this, then I'll give it to you. If you do this and work, I'll give you that. You see all of that out there? It's mine. I'll give it to you if you do this. That's a manifestation of evil spirits. So you got to be careful what manifestations you're doing because there's evil spirits out here that we've just confirmed in the word that's ready to attach themselves to you so that they can rule and reign in your life telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. We're exposing the truth this morning. But the spirit that God gave you is the very DNA of God. And it's what's supposed to tell our bodies, the spirit of God is what's supposed to tell our bodies and our minds what to do. Are you with me this morning? God gave you your spirit. And although God gave you your spirit, it is how you are naturally alive. Your spirit is dead, like we just read. Sleep until it becomes awakened by the truth and the word of God. The, the spirit is the key And you are the ignition, and God's word is the power. This word is the power that turns the key to give life to this bodysuit that we have. Are you following me this morning? As I stated before, the word of God, going into the word of God, going into the word of God, is how we find out who we really are. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 7, the whole Bible was given to us by the inspiration of God. The inspiration of God. That is God breathed. Do you understand? Okay, let me finish this real quick. God breathed, and it is useful to watch us, what, to tell us and to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it straightens us out and helps us do what is right. It is God's way of making us well-prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. Inspiration from God is God-breathed. This word is God-breathed. 
The same way in Genesis 2-7, God breathed into Adam. It's the same way, the same regarding this Bible. God's spirit. Man, it's so beautiful the way God worked. And you've heard me say this before. The God's spirit caused men across 2,000 years of a span to be all on one accord to write the same story of redemption. That's this Bible that we have, guys. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And now we have this information, and now we know the truth. Because God, the Spirit of God, brought it all together over 2,000 years of a bunch of different people writing, writing. God breathed the Spirit, the Word of God. This is the Spirit of God in flesh, I guess we can say. And, and And this is how we activate our spirit. This is how we get in and our spirit becomes alive. I believe that it's so important for you to understand and know that there is a spiritual world out here and that it's very, very real. And you can't see it, but it's a very real, unseen world. Just like God is a spirit, Satan was created by God and is a spirit as well. And if we really think about this, guys, being that we have the spirit of God, every person has the DNA of God. They don't even know it. A lot of them don't even know it. You may not even know it until today. Every person in this world, even the ones that are doing evil, doing evil, the spirit's just not alive. The spirit of God, the DNA. So if we look at all the billions of people on this earth, There's a lot of, there's billions of people out here that got the spirits, either the spirit of God or evil spirits that they've allowed in. But there's some type of spirit. I want you guys to understand that the spirits, the evil spirits out here, they don't have power unless you give it to them. And the same goes with God. Although God is all-powerful, he's a very fair God. It would be unfair if he just made you do what, you know, he wants you to do. Made you. You'd be like a mechanical. But he's given us the opportunity to choose. God doesn't need our bodies to make a change on earth, but he does gives us the choice to allow mankind, the vessels, as agents of his spirit on earth to stand against evil. Are you with me today? Proverbs 20, 27 says that the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's innermost being. It also says in Matthew that we are the light of the world. Yes, your flesh and your blood is not what's lighting up this world. Do you think that your beauty and all of this, it's not what's lighting up the world. It's what's on the inside that's lighting up the world. It's the Spirit of God within you. It also says in Matthew that you are the salt of the earth. Again, your spirit telling your soul what to do is causing you to preserve. Salt preserves. Preserve the earth. 
It's very important for you to know that Satan hates humanity because we all carry the DNA of God. He hates it. And he's the prince of error. So he wants to destroy every human being, every person, especially us who are Christians. What I've gathered from the creation of human beings, and I've already said this, so the spirit, the mind, the mind is supposed to process God's will and affects, that affects his emotions, and the emotions are supposed to tell the body what to do, but it starts with God. We connect our spirits to the Lord. Our spirits tell our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions what to do, and then our body is what, it's, the will is what activates our body to do and act out God's plan. You are a spirit. You're not just flesh and blood. You are not just a soul. You possess a soul. Only you can control what you let in. Be careful of what you allow space in your mind, in your soul. What you allow in your soul, in your mind, can paralyze your spirit. The Bible talks about grieving the spirit. Sin grieves the spirit. Foolish talk grieves the spirit within. And when we grieve the spirit within, then we're, we're, you're, you're paralyzed. Got to be careful that we're not quenching the spirit on a daily basis with the activity, the evil activity that you might do, that we might do. We don't want to quench the spirit in our lives. We want the, the spirit to be active, God's spirit to be active in our bodies. I encourage you guys, don't become victims of your mind and your will and your emotions. I hope you guys understand that feelings are literally chemicals in our bodies, in our brains. You are controlled by your emotions, your will, and your intellect before you even become, you even come to God. So when you come to God, he breathes into you again, and your spirit is awakened and alive in him. But then your soul is now troubled. See, you've, you know, you may have lived your life just depending on your soul and your mind and your will and emotions, and now that your spirit is alive now, Your soul is like, what's happening? I used to be in control. There's a tug of war. Only you can control what's stronger. Galatians 5.16, as we close here. 16 through 18, it says, I advise you to obey the Holy Spirit's instruction. He will tell you where to go and what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. For we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit was His way, when the Spirit has His way within us, are just the opposite of the natural desires. These two forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. And our wishes are never free from their pressures. So there is a war within us. 
And it's ultimately up to you that will decide who wins. The fleshly desires, the evil desires, or the Spirit of God within. In that same book, it goes down and it gives a, uh, a good um, description of what happens when um, we give ourselves over to these natural desires. Galatians 5.19-21. through 21. It says, it's obvious of what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way. I want to read this version. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Adultery and witchcraft. Hatred and discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambitions. Dentions and factions. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me read this version. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Man, it's just real. The Bible is just exposing what happens when we truly allow our flesh to be alive. And to do what it wants to do. These are the things that's going to happen. But the Bible then, it gives a whole lot of things here. It divides up homes when you're living in the flesh. Man, it does, it it just, it, it exposes the truth of fleshly living. But then the Bible talks about when you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You'll actually experience love, joy, peace, happiness, all the fruit of the Spirit. And you will live life and life more abundantly when you walk in the Spirit. I want you guys to know that, yeah, man, you're not alone here. And when you're walking in the Spirit and you're letting your Spirit connect to God and you're allowing yourself to communicate with the Lord, there's power being made available unto you. So it's very important that you understand. Ben, you can come on up. It's very important. Actually, you're fine. You're just a piano player, my friend here. It's very important for you to understand the tug of war that's happening in the spiritual world that we're living in and the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. It's up to you to allow yourself to connect with God by getting into the word of God and allowing you the spirit within you to become alive so that you can be, uh, so that you can see what's happening in the spiritual realm and be sensitive to the spirit. It's so important, guys, for you guys to understand the truths of what's being spoken today. We have power over the enemy. Jesus gave it to us. And Adam and Eve had all the power over the spiritual realm, over this earth. They had all the power. And they gave that power over to Satan. And then we have Jesus coming back, you know, dying on the cross to redeem us. To give us power. To give us back the power. The truth. 
And it's up to you to be careful, guys, to not give the power that God gave you over to evil spirits. Jesus gave you the power. God gave you the power. Just like God gave Adam and Eve the power. But Adam and Eve gave their power to Satan. They were tricked. Are you being tricked? Are you giving the power over to Satan to rule and reign? Are you being fathered by evil spirits? I love the book of uh, John, uh, specifically John 14. John 14, I encourage you to read it because you get to see Jesus in pure with his, with his team, with his guys, disciples, guys and girls. And he exposes something that is just amazing that opens up my eyes that opened up my eyes to the reality that we have the equipment and the power living on the inside of us. Jesus tells us in John 14 <clears throat> that God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Spirit of God, have made an abode on the inside of us. All of us that believe in Jesus Christ, all of us that have accepted the Holy Spirit, they have made a home on the inside of us. They're living on the inside of God, living on the inside of us. Man, whenever, wherever you go, whatever you do, the sneaky things that you do behind closed doors, God is right there with you. He's right there, right on the inside of with you. And there's actual power being made available on the inside of you that you just, all you got to do is tap into it to get yourself out of those, those situations. Because the Bible also says in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. So while you're out there giving your power over to the Satan, over to evil spirits, greater is the one that's on the inside of you. And all you got to do in those moments, when you've been sucked into those moments of evil spirits, sucked into those moments of fleshly desires, all you got to do is say, God, I trust you. I believe you. I honor you, God. I'm, I, I repent right now. I'm, I'm walking out. Give me the strength to walk out of this situation. Just connect with God. In that moment, when you've been sunk in, when you've been, you know, pulled in, because the power of God is on the inside of you to get you out of every last one of those situations that you've gotten yourself into. You've got power on the inside of you. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power in the Holy Spirit. Man. Stand up. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in God. So from this moment forward, it's very important for you to know who you are in Christ. It's up to you. I found my little sweat rag. It was over here somewhere. It's up to you 
to find out who you are in Christ. And it's right here in this word. So that you can start living it out, living out the God-given power that has been invested on the inside of you. You know, Paul talks about doing things that he don't want to do. And the struggle, it's real, guys. I know it's real. But never forget that the greater one lives on the inside of you. The very power of God, the very spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And all you got to do in the moments, like I said before, is to connect your spirit with God and say, God, acknowledge God. Acknowledge God's presence right where you are. And I'm telling you, when you, anytime that you acknowledge the presence of God, acknowledge God within you, those fleshly desires are going to diminish because you're killing its power when you connect with God. You're short-circuiting, I can't even say that word right, but you're short-circuiting the, the, the evil spirits that you've connected yourself with when you connect your spirit with God. So in the moment when you know that you're doing something that's not like God, that doesn't make God happy, you know, that it's just not, it's evil and it's fulfilling the lust of the flesh, turn your eyes toward Jesus. Turn your eyes towards God. Think about God, the Spirit of God. Think about the very Spirit that you have and that's with inside of you and acknowledge God's presence. God, I trust you. God, I love you. And you, don't, you can say it out loud because there's power in your words. You can also say it in your heart. You can also say it in your heart. Say it to yourself in those moments where you are feeling like you have no power. Man, I pray that the Holy Spirit, remember those angels that we talked about, the ministering spirits that we talked about that are there to serve you? I pray that those ministering spirits around you, surround themselves around you and remind you of the very word that you were taught today. That I have the power of God. I have enough power on the inside of me to get out of this situation. I know who I am. Those ministering spirits are going to come to you and remind you of every word that God has spoken to you today. They're supposed to work for you. So don't leave out of here this morning. Don't leave out of here this morning. Ignoring the spirit of God, the spirit of God, your spirit anymore. Are you with me this morning? You following me this morning? Are you tracking Bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your peace, Father God, that surpasses all understanding.